Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's take a look at what's happening in Japan today because there really is a remarkable scene unfolding there. The Emperor of Japan, Emperor Akihito, has handed over the throne to Crown Prince Naruhito. Akihito's era is the first in Japan's modern history to end without a war. It is in free of war. He took over from his father, who was Emperor Hirohito, Hirohito, who oversaw like what happened in the Second World War and all of that. So Akihito has been on the throne now for 30 plus years. He says he prays for peace and happiness for all the people in Japan and around the world. It's been such a memorable occasion in Japan. This hasn't happened for you know 200 years where an emperor has abdicated and handed over the throne. Uh, and so there's a 10-day holiday as well for the entire country to mark this momentous occasion. Elizabeth Palmer from CBS News reports from Tokyo on a memorable day in that country. To mark the occasion, the entire country is enjoying Golden Week, which is in fact 10 whole days of national holiday. Here in Tokyo, people are gathering outside the Imperial Palace, where this hugely respected emperor is saying his final goodbyes. In a short ceremony, Akihito thanked the people who'd supported him and said he was fortunate to have served. So what does an emperor do in retirement? Well, one of Akihito's passions is marine biology. He says he's going to continue studying fish, while his wife says she's just going to catch up with her reading. I'm Elizabeth Palmer in Tokyo. That sounds very relaxed, doesn't it? But it certainly hasn't been that way. There's so many fascinating things about the royal family in Japan. And so just before we came on air today, I managed to speak with Patricia Treble. She has been keeping a close eye on all things royalty from different countries, and she writes for Maclean's, among other uh, organizations, for the past 20 years. And here's what she told us. Well, Patricia, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about this. I find this story fascinating. Why is it so significant what's happening in Japan? Well, I think there are two things. The first of all is that it's the first abdication in more than 200 years. Um, and Emperor Akihito had been on the throne for three decades and had really had wanted to step down. His health has been declining in recent years, um, but it was not easy. Um, so in 2016, he had, to, he had to do an incredibly rare address to the nation. And this is a man who does not speak regularly. Um, the monarchy in... Uh, in Japan is, is different from the monarchy here. Um, it's, a very, it's a very formal monarchy. And he, when he spoke to the nation, he, he basically laid out the cause that he was worried his health would continue to decline. He's had some heart issues. He's had prostate cancer. And he went up. He didn't quite say the word abdication. That would be a step too far. But he made it clear there needed to be a change. And it still took three years for this day to come. And, you know, today, April 30th, is the day that he is officially stepping down. And tomorrow will be the transfer to his elder son, uh, Naruhito, who will become emperor. 
And the second thing is also that it is it exposes really the fragility of the chrysanthemum uh, throne, which in that it's a male-only throne. Right. So Naruhito has a daughter, only a daughter. She, cannot, she is not in line su- succession. There are only two young people in line of succession, Naruhito's brother and 12-year-old nephew, and that is it. Do you think that might change, though, as a result? Because it seems like it's getting a lot of discussion now. I think it's getting a lot of discussion. There was a lot of discussion before before the birth of um, his nephew, uh, Hisahito, who is now 12 years old. And there was talk of changing it. And that kind of died away. The conservative guard within Japan does not want that change. But I think it is becoming something that they're going to have to talk about. Because what you're seeing really is women are increasingly, they want equality. Um, it is one of the most unequal Western industrialized nations out there. Um, and so I think this might, this might start the discussion going. Um, what will happen? I don't know. Um, the imperial family stays well away from politics. Um, so it's simply, it's, I think it's something they probably would like, but you will never have them talking about it. Right. It's interesting, though, that like female members of the royal family, they lose their place in the royal family, right, if they marry outside yep. of royalty? Exactly. They completely lose their place. Um, and so this is, and so what's been happening is simply Akihiro has, has, you know, four granddaughters. Um, and the minute they marry, they're gone. Um, and wow. so what's happening is the royal family is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So you're become, it's becoming very fragile. I mean, so if anything goes wrong, there's simply no, and that wasn't always the case. I mean, there have been female empresses in the past. Um, but certainly within recent times, it's been male only. And that is the law right now. It's the imperial, the, the imperial household law of 1947. So they would have to change it. But the interesting thing is that you've got a new emperor and empress. And these are very much of the time. So Naruhito really had to fight to win the hand of his wife, um, Princess Masako, because she was a diplomat. She was a high flyer, multilingual, edu- very well educated. Um, and she knew the strictures that were going to come with imperial mm-hmm. life. And so he had to propose three times before she would agree. And he always promised to defend her. And he really has. And she's had a very hard time. Um, she's been away from the public eye for, for more than a decade um, with an adjustment or disorder, stress and anxiety from the pressures that were put on her to have a son. And, of course, she didn't. She had a daughter. Um, and only recently has she been really coming back more and more into the, into the public. And he is very much a relaxed man. Now, Akihiro was a revelation because here was a man who he and his wife, um, Empress Michiko, went out, to the, went out into the public. They talk to people face-to-face, eye-to-eye. They made that contact that had never happened before in Japan um, because, of course, his father, Hirohito, was worshipped as a god. Right. And so, and he really, and after the, the tsunami and the disasters that happened um, early, you know, about a decade ago, he was out there with his wife, with the whole family, um, in a way that they hadn't really seen before. And so he's really opened up the monarchy. And I think Naruhito and Masako will continue it. I mean, Naruhito did, you know, has taken selfies with people, which, you know, for a very staid, very scripted royal family, 
um, is revolutionary. I mean, it's, we think of it as ordinary, yeah. but not in Japan. So they really haven't had their, um, I guess, Princess Diana moment, right? They haven't had that person they, yet who changes everything. No. Well, I mean, Masako they thought would be, but then, you know, she's obviously had issues. And, and, and the change right now is only the start of it because there's a whole series of events even leading up to the abdication today mm-hmm. and the abdication today and the installation of Narahito tomorrow because the, the really elaborate enthronement ceremony is actually going to take place in October. And that's when royalty from around the world is expected to come. And so we'll see what the transformation is. Whatever it is, though, it will be very incremental, very measured, very, um, everything very carefully analyzed um, because the imperial royal household, the imperial household really does control things. Um, well, in, I noticed. In, I noticed in, in the article that you had written too, the column that you wrote about this. This is the, even this handover. It's like what a ten-day holiday, and for the entire country, and there's all sorts of oh, yes. computer updates and all these yeah. other things that have to happen. <laughs> well, it, I mean, this is is it, is a very big thing because it simply never happened before. So what they've done is they've the, yeah the whole country is, is off for ten days. So they've combined a few. There were some natural holidays that happened at this time. So they kind of combined everything together and said to everyone. Go have a holiday. Um, but the interesting thing is that um, in Japan, they really do follow the, um, the royal calendar. So this is the last day of Akihito's era, which is called Heisei. And tomorrow is the start of Naruhito's era, which is called Riwa. And so this will be Riwa 1, so the year one of, the, of his reign. And so all the computers have to change. Every date has to change. Um, they use mm. the Western calendar as well, but literally, I mean, Microsoft is pushing a special, has pushed a special update. They have people on standby because they, because it's like Y2K is happening, um, and they're going to assume that there are going to be problems. And so there is this whole sense of of a transition, of a moment in time. And I, the question is going to be, will Narahito and Masako be able to to capitalize on that? And that will be the interesting thing to see in, in the months and the years to come. This is so interesting. Patricia, thank you for explaining it to us today. You're more than welcome. That's Patricia Treble. She's been a royal watcher, writes for Maclean's and other magazines and organizations. 